Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the bootcamp. Bob, I hope you're ready for the next episode. I'm excited, actually, out of the last uh, lot of episodes, we're actually both getting to record this one from our own domicile. That is true. We have been on the road around the United States and back again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to be here sitting in my own chair with my family just outside to, you know, my kids are homeschooled. You might even hear them get a little rambunctious there on the other side of the door at some point. Well, Jimbo, I'm standing in my living room with my computer on my stereo cabinet, and my dogs are sleeping by the glass door, the storm door, and so you may hear them defend our house with all them and vigor, and so you can edit them out of the podcast, but you might get a bark here or there. There you go. I mean, your dogs are sweet, but they are pit bulls, and so if anybody, you know, (laughs) broke into your house... I feel like as soon as they saw two pit bulls, they would probably turn around and leave. I know. You know, people are afraid of, some people are really afraid of pit bulls. We, speaking of, we were, um, you know, we were at an event and one of the speakers, I just mentioned, yeah, I adopted some dogs and one of them was young and one was five years old. And he goes, oh, uh, what kind of dog, what kind of dogs are they? He's probably expecting like a doodle or a schnauzer or something like that. And I said, pit bulls. And you, did you see him? He just kind of went, oh, and he stepped back. <laughs> And then I, I felt like I should have said, yeah, you know, well, we found that life in the trailer community with the double wide, that the pit bulls are <laughs> a good security system. Not that there's anything wrong with living in a trailer community or living in a double wide. Have you seen some of the new, some of the new double wides, Jimbo? They're pretty nice. My sister-in-law actually has a new double wide and it's, it is, it's pretty bougie. Yeah. I mean, I live in a hundred and I don't know, 13, 14 year old house. And there's a lot of amenities that I don't have that might be present in today's modern double wide. I bet so. I bet so. I've seen some really nice ones. Hey, today, what I want to talk about is as we develop personal development plans and we think about how to grow in things, it's one of the things I love to think about and talk about and help people with is, is how do you identify areas where you need to grow? And then how do you create a development plan? And with the assessment that I created, and you know this, Bob, but my heartbeat behind an assessment is ideally, I don't want to give you a yes or no. I really don't want to give you a pass or fail. What I would really prefer to do is say, hey, here is the areas you could probably grow in that would help you do this even better. Because I think when you do assessments and you give a pass or a fail, it's just so binary that it feels like final. Like if you get the no, it feels like, oh, well then I am not called to do this. I thought I was called to do this, but I guess I'm not. Or if you get the yes, it can maybe make you feel like, oh, then I'm going to be awesome at this. And let me just, (laughs) let me just run ahead and just do what I think I need to do. And my philosophy is that all of us, every single one of us have areas where we need to grow. And so even if it's a yes, it still, I think, should be a yes with, here is some suggestions of some ways that you could grow. And a no, I would much prefer, rather than it just being a blanket no, be a no, not right now, but if we could see some growth in these particular areas, 
right? Then we could do that. And it's a little bit even of that leadership judo that we've talked about before. Of, of I'd rather I'd rather do something that moves you towards forward progress. Yeah, I I really think that's important for us to know. Every every single one of us have areas of strength and areas of challenge or opportunity or weakness, however you want to term it. And our strengths can be strengthened and our challenges, opportunities, or weaknesses can be improved. So in the strength, we're looking at strengthening stuff. On the other side of the scale, we're looking for improvement. We're not looking for perfection. And I may not go from a five to a a 10, but I can make some progress. And so what I would want to say to everyone is, is if you could take the long view in mind, keep that in mind and remember that even scripture says that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion, mm-hmm. right? So what does that mean? Every single one of us is not everything we can be, but we can become more than we are right now through the grace of God. So I think those are some some really important things. And what I would just say is if you could go back to in your mindsets, particularly the guys here, if they played middle school sports, you probably had a coach with coaching shorts and a whistle who rode you hard right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. demeaned you in front of the whole middle school (laughs) PE class or football team or whatever. You might be even having flashbacks as I, as I say this right now, but the coach was on you because he saw more in you, right? And he probably went about it in an old school negative way. But what we're trying to say is, Hey, lean into those areas that you have opportunity to, to become aware of and work on them. And it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was a chaplain for a high school football team for a little while. And being a chaplain for a football team is a weird deal, man. Like, cause it's a weird experience because they would want me to, you know, give like a devotional before the game. And I'd be like, I, I don't know that you really want me to, like, my devotional is not going to fire you up to go like try to rip some guy's head off. Like, and so, <laughs> you know, it always cracked me up because the coach would, you know, always talk to me with this very spiritual language. You know, and then on the sidelines, he's dropping, you know, four letter words all over the place and chewing kids out and making them feel horrible. And I just, I just, I always struggled as a, as a chaplain of the team. Like, this feels really incongruent. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. The, my favorite was one night to do our devotional. We were a visiting team and the home team to try to intimidate us because we were heading towards the playoffs. Didn't give us a locker room. And so we like met in a field behind the field. And so we're like back in this field behind the field. And I was doing a devotional about Old Testament prophet and how he put his foot on the neck of these, you know, kings to show that the thing was done and was just talking about finish what you start. And, you know, wasn't my best work, but Eminem's blasting behind me. And I'm talking about stepping on people's necks. And man, it was like they were so fired up and like they ran out of my devotional. Like I just given them everything they need. And I thought this, no, this was not what I was trying to do. Like, I don't know what I just did. (laughs) Did you guys win that game? We did. We did win that game. Ended up losing in the playoffs to Leonard Fournette. Single-handedly beat the team that year. Wow. (laughs) He was taking direct snaps and just running them over. Yeah, he was a LSU guy, right? Is that right? Yeah. He played for LSU. He probably ran over the Razorbacks too. I bet. Yeah, in high school, he played in New Orleans and, man, just ran over the team I was chaplain for. <laughs> but here's, here, here's just carrying on your analogy of coaching. My point is, I think I, I have the belief, and sometimes it's a little bit naive and idealistic, that anybody can grow in anything if they put in the work 
and can put a good plan together on how to grow. I'm just convinced we can accomplish so much if we have a good plan. But I have encountered some people that have challenged my belief and make it really hard for me to think through, and how would I help this person? They're just missing some key ingredients. And I don't know if you've ever encountered that. Yes. We would sometimes say that they are a few fries short of a happy meal, right? <laughs> they're missing the they're missing the prize of the kid's meal, right? Or some and and I don't say that in in terms of like capacity for thought. Here's here's right. what I mean. There's something missing in the ingredients that makes something complete. And so as we were talking before we started the podcast, you mentioned there's several key ingredients that will help someone develop if they're looking for a personal development plan to improve. And so I'm, I'm excited to unpack these with you. Yes, I would say you can learn how to grow in just about, just about, I'm sure there are exceptions, but in just about any area of your life, if you have these five ingredients, humility, teachability, self-awareness, integrity, and initiative. And those kind of come across with each other a little bit, you know, in a Venn diagram, You, if you put it together. And I would say these may sound familiar to you from a series we did on godly characteristics of leaders, which Erin Cofield is writing blog articles on right now on our website that you can go see. And so she's bringing out those older episodes and writing some articles. And so some of those words like humility and integrity, I think even maybe self-awareness were in that list. So those are things that leaders need, but the reason leaders need them is because leaders have to continue to grow and leaders have to be lifelong learners. And so whatever your starting point is, if you want to grow in any given area of your life, it's going to be really hard, if not impossible, to do so without humility, teachability, self-awareness, integrity, and initiative. Absolutely. Are we going to take these one by one, perhaps, maybe, and just kind of walk through them? Or yeah, let me, let me highlight just a little bit on each one and, and then get your feedback from that. One, humility. Uh, we've discussed the role of humility on here so many times before. I just looked it up. I just typed in humility into the search bar on our website, replantbootcamp.com, and 25 different podcast episodes and three blog wow. posts came up as mentioning humility. So it's one we've talked about a lot. In particular, in the Characteristics of Godly Leader series, it was episode 121. But here's, I just want to throw a couple of verses to you to show this is a biblical concept and idea. Ephesians 4.2, which is kind of a, you know, part of a central passage for us, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is about, Ephesians 4.2 is about walking worthy of the calling that God has given to us. And it starts with the posture of humility. It's humility and then gentleness and then patience and then mutual tolerance or forbearance and love. James 4.10 says that we're to humble ourselves before the Lord, and then he will lift us up. First Peter 5, 5 takes that same idea. It says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And for all those that all those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and those that humble themselves will be exalted. And so if you can start with humility, understanding that God's the, the, the hero here, not you, and that you always have room to grow in every, even the things you're really good at, you have room to grow. Bottom line, you cannot grow without humility. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I really like that you started the list with this, right? Because I think this is really the first touchstone for you and your personal development. If you are not humble, then you may not think that you need to develop anywhere. Like you are the, the real deal. So I've always loved the definition of humility is when it's stated like this, it's not thinking 
less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less, right? So it's it's not this, you know, being humble doesn't mean like I'm awful and I can't do anything and I'm this and that, you know, but it's just basically saying like, I'm not the end all be all, right? I'm not the answer, mm -hmm. right? Probably when you were in elementary school, remember the basketball player, Allen Iverson, he was calling mm -hmm. himself, what do you call himself? The answer, right? Mm -hmm. Well, as far as I remember, he wasn't the answer. <laughs> right. So a replanter and a revitalizer may come into a church and think, man, now that I'm here, everything's going to be awesome. Well, friend, buckle up because that probably ain't so. And one of the deals is, is you've just got to be humble and realize that you're going to bring some skills and strengths, but you're also going to bring a lot of inexperience and weakness. And so just, man, be humble about that. Right. Be ready to acknowledge that. Yeah. And humility is really a pre prerequisite for the second ingredient, which is teachability. You know, it's one thing to be humble. Kind of a step from that is teachability in your humility, not only recognizing that you are not the answer and neither was Alan Iverson, but that you've got room to grow. And so being willing to hear whenever you need to hear things in order to grow. Teachability is hard. It can be painful. Proverbs 13, 18 says poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Proverbs 9, 9 says give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wise teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. If someone's humil humble and wise, then they can take the pain of reproof and rebuke and instruction and correction and become better and become wiser and become, you know, more skilled at what they do. Even if they were already good at it prior to or had no skill in it whatsoever, if you can start with humility and then your next step to build on that with teachability, then you can grow. But without, just like humility, without teachability, you cannot grow without teachability. Yeah, one of the best questions that helps you get to the heart of this is if you've done something, maybe a sermon or you've led something or you've created something or written something, taking that step to ask someone for feedback and then saying something, something as simple as this, hey, if I were going to improve this, mm -hmm. how might I do it? Right. So that acknowledges you just didn't create the, the most awesome and complete thing. But it also recognize you also recognizing that people can see something that you can't see in what you've done in terms of leading or creating or speaking. And so you're asking them to come alongside you and give you some instruction, have a teachable spirit to go. Here's another way to say it. Here's another way to stage it. Here's another way to, to strategize. Here's another way to here's a consideration you may not have thought about. All those things are just more information. And typically, Jimbo, what I've seen is when you invite people in, rather than being in a position where people feel like they have to force their way in, it's so much better. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. When you invite that in and you, when you invite it in, you can be mentally prepared when you ask the question. But what I would say is, and this leads to integrity. So I'm going to skip self-awareness for a second and skip over to integrity. Don't ask that question if you don't really mean it, right? Like mm -hmm. don't ask for feedback if you're just really wanting somebody to tell you that you did a great job. Because if you're saying that kind of fishing for affirmation so that you can feel better and they give you actual feedback, you're going to get offended and you're going to have a hard time. And it's not it's not their fault. You you asked them to provide that feedback. And so part of it is in integrity. Like you, you have to be honest about how things are. And I would say self-awareness and integrity kind of go a little bit together. So self-awareness would be 
Uh, you know, Romans 12 says not to think too highly of ourselves, but to have sober judgment, to have a, a real honest assessment of who we are. You know, we've had over a thousand people, I think, have taken our replanter and revitalizer assessment. And that's not, I'm not specifically just talking about that on this podcast, but it's a tool we use. And one of the patterns I've seen, Bob, is there are some guys who will take it and they will score above average. When you take it, if you've never taken it, we'll put a link in the podcast notes, show notes. It's going to give you a chart, a spider chart that tells you how you scored on each of the 13 characteristics. And then there's this like black dotted line that goes around the chart that takes everybody who's taken it before you and averages their results. And so you can see how you compare to the average taker of this survey. And so what I've seen happen a few times is guys will take this, they'll score above average on every category. And then one of their lowest, kind of lowest out of you, if you were to take their lowest four or five characteristics, one of those is going to be emotional intelligence. And that pattern typically shows that they don't have a great self-awareness and understanding of their gifting and abilities. And what I'd say is if you score above average on every single one, chances are that means you're probably lacking some self-awareness. Yeah, this is the, I think one of the super key ingredients for, for growth is the possessing self-awareness or being open to pursue it, mm -hmm. to becoming self-aware, right? So, you know, we, we all had those moments in life where we've said something and then we are watching the, the people's faces who've just heard what we said and we, we would go, oh, I think I said the wrong thing. Oh man, right? <laughs> Some people don't have that, Jimbo. They're just like, yeah. They're just they're just going, man, and they just keep going. And most everybody <laughs> in the audience is going, man, is somebody gonna tell them? Like, is somebody gonna let them know? Like, if you're leading a small like you're leading a, a small group meeting. And I remember I was on a staff one time, and the pastor was just, man, he was like the smartest guy in the room, and he was, man, it was just like everybody was dying inside, and you could just see the nonverbal communication. He yeah. was completely, completely missing it, right? So I think it's really good to possess self-awareness, but if you don't possess it in great quantities, pursue it. Mm -hmm. And it is something that you can grow in, like just by asking somebody, hey, how did how did I do when I led that meeting? Is there anything I could have improved? Hey, when I wrote that email, did it come across okay? Or did it, it, what did you see? Or hey, when you've heard me lead or teach or whatever you're doing, when you see me do a, a care, pastoral care visit, how do I come across, right? So we have a good a good picture of our own image or our own abilities, but we often don't see how we come across to others. One of the things that I remember from this last week when we were together is I put on my new Carhartt replant vest mm -hmm. and, you know, I was wearing that. So you can go to, go to replantmerch.com because we do work for the North American Mission Board and for the replant team. And if you're, if you want a winter vest, Carhartt uh, replant vest is awesome, but I put it on and like half of my collar was underneath the collar of the Carhartt vest. And you just looked at me while we were talking and you reached over, Jim, and you reached inside my vest and I didn't know if you were going to heal me or like punch my heart or take it out with your hand. But you know what you were doing, Jimbo? You were pulling my shirt out from under the cot because it needed to be pulled out. I was unaware when I put it on. Yeah, that was the case. Right. So I'm that many years old. You know, I it's just that happens when you get old. You just don't know those things. Right. You just you can't. But all that, let's, let's pull that back to self-awareness. We need the presence mm -hmm. and the impact and the input of others to become completely self-aware because we can't do it on our own. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Look, we've done a few episodes on this as well. Episode 39, we talked about the importance of self-awareness. I typed in self-awareness in the search box. This is one of the great things you can do with our our website. You can type in whatever. And man, there's so many great podcast episodes that reference self-awareness, but particularly that one that's about it. And we go into those things, but there's three pages of results if you type in self-awareness. So, all right, the next one would be integrity, which I've already referenced a little bit. One, you just got to be honest, you know, if you want to grow in an area, it's going to require honesty. There's a temptation, I think, to avoid the pain of not doing as good as you thought you wanted to do or be as good as you wanted to be, to just not be honest and sugarcoat what's going on or create excuses. And just know that when we create excuses, you know, reasons and ex- explanations are different than excuses, right? You know, COVID was a real thing, right? That That's an explanation of why almost every single church's attendance chart dropped in 2020, right? It's not an excuse. It's a reality. It's an exp- it, it, was, it was an explanation. But when we use excuses and we hide behind excuses, that's actually a lack of integrity. And I, I'm a big believer in integrity. And I think when we fail to have integrity, I don't know that the Lord's going to honor our pursuits to get the result that we're trying to get for him. And so you have to have integrity. You got to be honest about how you're doing and what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you said, if you're trying to lose weight and you got somebody holding you accountable and you, you know, you told them that you exercise for 30 minutes, but really what you did is, you know, you slowly walked on the treadmill for 30 minutes while you watch the news and your heart rate didn't even increase. Right. You know, you could say, well, I was on the treadmill for 30 minutes. And that's technically true, but you know that you're not being 100% honest. And so with any development, we have to be honest about what we're doing and where we're at. Yeah, just own it, man. Own it. Like that's, that is so key, you know, and I think the times in my own, you know, vocational ministry, when I've, when I've forgotten something, when I've messed up, when I've underperformed, when I have not, I've overpromised and I've underdelivered, um, or if I just made a mistake, right? I think when you own it, and you you're clear with that and you take responsibility that does demonstrate integrity and i think people people believe in you even though you've made a mistake they'll trust mm-hmm. you and they believe you because they realize hey every leader makes a mistake every leader doesn't perform at 100 percent capacity and so when they own it it actually endears the leader even more to them absolutely then lastly is initiative and this one just as simple as this you, it's going to require work and no one else can do that work for you if you want to grow in any area in your life, it will require you putting in some work. You're going to have to take the initiative to do something. So you could be humble and you could be teachable and you could be self-aware and you could be honest about where you're at. But if you don't take any action, then you're not going to grow. And so it's why it's one of the necessary ingredients for personal development in, in any area of your life is you you got to be willing to take the steps. Yeah. Make stuff happen. Don't wait around for people to uh, ask you to do things or demand that you do things, right? So this this mm-hmm. initiative is super key. And I think this is a great separator between, you know, below average leaders and average leaders and high performing leaders. Like leaders and pastors and replanters, revitalizers, man, get a hold of this one. And again, we, you know, we've talked about tactical patience. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you get credit for just like producing a sheer volume of activity and doing stuff, right? You got to be doing the right things, but you got to take initiative rather than having to be prodded into action. 
Yeah, and look, if you want help on developing, you know, habits and self-control, there's a great book called Your Future Self Will Thank You by True Dick. There's The Power of Habits. There's Atomic Habits. There's so many things out there that can help you in that. But, you know, Grit by Angela Duckworth. We'll talk about the perseverance. And if you, if you want to grow, if you want leadership opportunities and you've not been getting them, then maybe it's because you need to grow. And maybe that growth is going to require humility, teachability, self-awareness, integrity, and initiative. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.